Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. Hey guys, I also wanted to tell you about Zenledger, the best tax software for cryptocurrency investors and accountants. It's fast and easy to use, and you can get all of your crypto transactions in one place so you can trade smarter and optimize your taxes. Zenledger offers 24-7 customer support by phone, email, or chat to help you get your taxes done stress-free, and it comes with a 100% money-back guarantee because they know you'll love it. Zenledger is giving an exclusive 15% discount to our listeners when you use coupon code CHAIN15. Go to zenledger.io, linked in the show notes below, to get started and get your taxes done fast. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about our new podcast sponsor, Delta Exchange. If you're looking to long or short altcoins with leverage, you have to check them out. They're an altcoin derivatives exchange where you can trade futures on Bitcoin and leading altcoins with up to 100 times leverage. They have strong liquidity and low trading fees, and Delta is the best place to trade altcoin derivatives. For a limited time, you can get 10 bucks as a welcome bonus to make your first trade on Delta Exchange. Head over to www.deltaexchange/tom to claim your welcome bonus. Links in the show notes below. With that, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have on Pakaj, who's the CEO and co-founder of Delta, the crypto derivatives exchange. Pakaj, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. Hello to all your listeners. Um, really excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, so let's go into a bit about um, your background. Tell us about yourself. Sure. So um, currently, I am CEO of Delta Exchange. We started this company about two years back. We are a derivatives exchange. My background, I come from a derivatives trading background. So I was uh, part of uh, UBS Investment Bank uh, in Hong Kong and was very lucky to be in one of the largest Asian equity derivatives just globally. Um, spent time there, traded with largest of hedge funds, traded everything under the sun on the OTC side and the listed side uh, on equities, equity derivatives, both vanilla and exotic. Uh, did that for a bunch of years and then uh, moved, uh, moved to a hedge fund. So I spent some time in a hedge fund, which was one of the largest uh, Indian hedge funds back in the day. Then uh, set up the derivatives flow business for a London-based bank in India. So set up a business which is very similar to you know, what we are doing currently. And yeah, after that also uh, worked at a startup as uh, a head of product and growth. Uh, took the company from garage stage to about $20 million in annual sales uh, in three years. So yes, uh, that's my background. Uh, Con trading, derivatives trading, um, I've spent about good six to seven years in that domain. What did you focus on at the hedge fund, in your hedge fund role? You said it was one of the largest hedge funds in India. What was the focus of the fund there? So we were focusing a lot on um, options trading. Uh, we were focusing a lot on uh, different kind of, uh, you know, uh, futures and uh, options arbitrages that are out there. We were focusing a lot on basically gamma short kind of strategies, which is basically uh, selling options and uh, providing liquidity in the options market. That was the primary focus. That's awesome. And so... All this is equities, whatever I'm talking about. All this was equities. Uh, and 
Yeah, uh, now all this is cryptos. Uh, the thesis of derivatives, options, futures remains the same. The asset class has changed and it's a much more exciting asset class. Yeah, do you do you feel that your you know your old colleagues at the fund or or in the finance industry do you feel that they understand that this is just options and trading on a new type of asset or do you think that they're still kind of you know still need to understand crypto to, before they dive in? So I think a lot of them see crypto as another asset class and having talk been talking to them over the last 2 years I've seen the change. Uh, a lot of them are a lot more receptive about crypto now uh, than they were earlier because, okay, let's face it. A lot of people, even in traditional finance industry, heard about Bitcoin because of the 2017 rally. And at that time, when they saw it at astronomically high prices at that time, they and racing really fast, uh, the first impressions were not so good. Uh, but over time, they have seen that, yes, price Directed, things have started to move up. People also get uh, time to read up on things, understand the ecosystem. And I'm seeing a lot more positivity and I'm seeing a lot more interest from the traditional finance guys in crypto markets. Um, a lot of them are looking at the opportunities here and are looking to set up small shops uh, to do prop trading, to do, um, you know, exploit different kind of uh, uh, futures and spot arbitrage opportunities uh, to provide liquidity in options. So I'm seeing a lot more uh, reception. And I think this trend will continue over the next two, three years. There's still a lot of naysayers that will always be there. But it's just that we're getting more and more people uh, towards our side. So at some point, the balance will tilt. Yeah, no, I agree. They're definitely getting more interest. And, you know, because you guys are focused or headquartered, or I guess headquartered it might not be the word, but you guys are based in India. And I've never had on a guest um, who's kind of on the ground there. So I'd love to hear from you what the vibe and the energy is like following you know, the new Supreme Court decision um, in India, which was, just came down a few days ago. Yes, uh, the Supreme Court decision has been really positive. It has like sprung up a new energy in the ecosystem here. Uh, it's... Uh, it, the, the community is really vibrant. People are a lot more uh, positive now. Um, it, the biggest advantage that it will do is to the sentiment. I mean, money flow will take time. And it's not, not like just because Supreme Court has allowed um, RBI to give banking access to crypto companies uh, means that customer funds will start to flow in immediately. That will happen. There'll be an initial shock, but it will. It's more the sentiment that gets affected. It's more the sentiment that gets uh, that improves. Uh, earlier, people there were a lot of you know people who would stay away from crypto because of the uncertainty on the regulatory side. Now uh, they are not scared of participating in these markets. So that is changing. Uh, we are seeing a lot of interest from customers. Uh, having said that, for um, we have offices in Mumbai, we have offices in Singapore, and we cater to customers from across the globe. Uh, we don't really have any kind of Indian fiat, and our audience, we, in the, the way our operations work, it's very similar to other derivative exchanges like BitMEX or Deribit, that you only bring cryptos and you trade using uh, those cryptos, uh, you trade in futures contracts or options contracts. So our audience, our customer base is also... Uh, very similar to them. It comes from, uh, you know, different countries. 
but yeah definitely there is a there's a lot of uh, positive energy in our indian community uh, both in our uh, you know platform telegram group everywhere and uh, we we have seen this actually over the last 2 3 months i think uh, the growth that we have seen in india over the last 2 3 months has been really promising uh, we've grown much faster in india as compared to uh, other markets and i expect that trend to continue given what has you know come out of supreme court and how uh, they have basically kind of answered any kind of questions that anyone had on whether crypto is illegal in india or legal in india or banned in india or not banned in india or what's the stance there yeah it's it's kind of crazy that you guys even had a kind of a blanket ban on banks dealing with crypto to begin with i mean the us the regulations are you know still kind of a gray area and, and a bit of a moving target um but you know i don't i don't think we had any we've never really had a blanket ban i don't think i mean china obviously has on and off but it just seems like a very overreaching decision to begin with yes it was a little overreaching to begin with plus it uh, it kind of killed the sector uh the sector that was starting to come up and it it kind of you know put the brakes on the entire growth like i said those who were not participating in the sector in cryptocurrency markets um they would not even think of uh, joining till there was clarity on the regulatory side uh, both on the retail side and on the professional side and now at least uh, there'll be fresh induction there'll be more and more uh, people who can join the crypto community uh, who can join crypto markets so that'll be uh, that is a big positive although i think uh, this is not a trick that has not been employed by other central banks if i am not wrong i think something of this order was there back in uh, 2011 or 2012 in us as well um, bank i remember that banking companies uh, um, sorry crypto companies had problems with local banks in us and getting uh, access to bank accounts and others yeah it's, so yeah to be honest it's not easy here either i mean there's there's a couple of banks that stand out you know there's silvergate and signature and others that are easier to deal with but i mean the main banks for the most part um are definitely hard to deal with here yeah it's the same pretty much in every country and if your banking regulator comes out and says that look i am not happy about you supporting this industry none of the banks are going to risk their banking license uh, to support a upcoming sector right so it's it's much smaller business for them and it just put like i said it killed the sector in india it just put the brakes on any uh, fresh you know any fresh uh, recruitment if i have to use the word into the crypto community uh, fresh people were just not coming in now that that's fair and you know let's dive into delta exchange a bit i want to start you know at the beginning for those who might not be aware tell us what the difference is between for those who might not know what there is between a derivatives exchange and a normal or or a general crypto exchange so um a derivatives exchange is where you um, basically have a long or a short position on an asset i mean very simply put on the vanilla futures and you know uh, contract which is the the basic derivative contract you never buy or sell an asset whereas in a spot exchange you actually buy or sell an asset with uh, fiat or another you know asset so it's if you think of um, fiat and all other cryptos are as assets and then you think of an exchange or a barter so i give you coin a and you give me either fiat or coin b 
And now I have the ownership of this coin. I can actually withdraw this coin, take it out, uh, use it somewhere, keep it. Uh, that, that is basically a buying and a selling activity. If I have something, then I can sell it. Whereas in derivatives, the terminology that is used is long and short. You never actually buy anything. You have exposure to something on the long side, meaning if the price, meaning you are akin to having bought a coin, as in if the price goes up, then you your position profits, or you are short, meaning you don't you have sold without owning it, right? That's why the word short. So, so that is the key difference uh, that you know um, in this market you don't really need to ex you don't really need to kind of uh, you, you never actually buy and sell assets you only take uh, exposure in those assets on depending on the direction of the market and your view and derivatives then can be linear whatever uh, we are talking about uh, in terms of futures is linear exposure to the market so if the price goes up by a dollar and you are long your position goes up by a dollar if the price goes down by a dollar uh, and you are short then your position profits by a dollar these are futures these are linear contracts then we have non linear contracts which are options where if the price goes up by x amount you your position can go up by will not go up by x amount it will go up by a y amount and that is where the non linearity comes in so uh, these products, why were they invented and why are they necessary? Like, why should people go long and short? Why not just buy and sell? Those are the questions uh, that are important. And the genesis of derivative products, the need, it basically arose from the fact that people need to protect themselves against price movements. So, for example, if you are a farmer and you have a bunch of crop, now you see the price is good today and you want to lock the price. How do you do that? You can't, cannot sell all the crop today. You haven't even you know, harvested the crop completely, but you want to lock the price. So that what can help you is going short in a futures contract on the crop that you have. And that way you can lock the price. You can lock a future sale price today by shorting the uh, uh, futures contract. And that is why these products were invented so that uh, people can lock prices, people can protect themselves against adverse price movements. And, uh, you know, that is where the need came through. So the biggest users in cryptocurrency space for derivatives would eventually be miners who would want to protect themselves against adverse price movements. Uh, let's say I am a miner, I'm generating some Bitcoins every day. I like the price today and I want to lock the price. I am you know, for all the Bitcoins that I'm going to generate till the end of this month. I can short a futures contract for the amount, uh, for the number of Bitcoins that I expect to generate by the end of this month. And then I am totally immune to any kind of changes in the price of Bitcoin. That is where these things actually fit into the need area. Without a, If, if there is no, no real need for anything, then it's only speculation. And then, you know, the premise kind of fails. So there is a specific purpose that derivatives fulfill. So this is for futures. Similarly, you have options. Like futures protect you against price movements, options help you protect against the volatility, the change in price movement. So let's say if I am a big fund manager and I have a ton of exposure to Bitcoin, to Ethereum, to a bunch of other cryptocurrencies, and 
I like the, I am long. I want to keep running my position, but I am a little scared of what will happen uh, or, you know, any kind of macro event. So then I can use a put option and I can buy a put option and protect myself against any kind of adverse movement in the volatility. In fact, uh, inequity is one of the biggest usage of op- options is by fund managers to buy protection on the downside. These products work like insurance. So if the prices come down, they pay you off. And these are the cases which create demand for derivatives. And uh, once there is demand, there is a buyer. Once there is a buyer and there is profit to be made, sellers come in and then the normal process of price discovery follows. And that is how derivatives markets are built. Akaj, I, I feel like I'm back in business school right now. I really appreciate the, the crash course on, on the um, derivatives. <laughs> it's, it's exciting, right? But, the thing is, when, when, when we speak to audience in cryptos, it's a great diverse set, right? Like I said, we are catering right. to the entire world. And when you're catering to the entire world, it's a diversified uh, you know, mix with different people coming from different areas, from different knowledge set. And it's important, like a lot of people, when I have spoken to them, do not really understand what is the need for futures. Will opening futures, uh, is opening futures in a certain coin or Bitcoin a bad idea? You know, because it can, people can short and prices can collapse. Well, yes, that looks like a bad idea, but it's actually a very good idea to have futures, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll just talk about this point one, uh, for one second. So if we had futures, a good futures market, an active futures market back in 2017, then the prices of Bitcoin would not probably have gone up to 20,000. But they would not have come back so much. They would not have receded as much as well. So we would not have collapsed to 3,000. And why do I say that? I say that because when do prices go up? Prices go up when sellers start to corner the supply. When people don't want to sell. Whereas, you know, so what that does it, prices go up rapidly. And at some point, the prices start to become irrational because there is too much exuberance. So at that time, the big holders have no option but to dump. And when the, the dump happens, the prices just collapse. There is no protecting, there is no support. The prices just, you know, people are willing to sell at every level because the prices had raised up astronomically. Now, if there were futures, that would mean that people could have shorted at appropriate levels. So those who bought in at 2000 could have shorted at 12,000. Those who have, you know, and could have shorted. So we would have seen shorting pressure come at 12,000, 13,000, 15,000, 17. And it's like taking the top, you know, taking the froth out of the top. So every time you keep doing that, you can pour more beer in your, in your jug, in your mug, right? Because you create more room. So that is where uh, futures market helps because people can short, so the supply can get absorbed. And though the market does not rise as high, but the good thing is it does not fall and that eventually reduces the volatility. So, so then it becomes a lot more stable asset class. Yeah, I'm, I want to head on the stability aspect a bit because it's really, you know, in the past, it was really hard to go short. Bitcoin, and it's still really hard for other assets in the space, especially the larger ones. How does being able to short drive stability of the asset class? And this is really crucial for institutional investors and you know pension funds endowments to get involved in the space. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, when we talk about big long-only money, when we talk about money like pension funds, endowments, long-only capital, then a certain level of stability in the asset class is paramount because you are taking money from uh, customers and you are responsible for drawdowns on a monthly, uh, you know, quarterly basis. You have to report and you, you cannot have uh, used drawdowns. Because that will mean that your investors just start to pull away your capital. And any, any reasonable fund manager would be um, very skeptic to show very huge drawdowns because uh, the impact of that on investors is uh, very negative. So yeah, uh, the fact that there is uh, a good liquid derivatives market available, and like I said in the, you know, just a minute back, that shorting is like taking off uh, the froth from the top. So it helps you, you provide supply at every level because you're providing supply at every level uh, because now sellers cannot corner the supply. You can short it, which means you can sell without owning. That is the premise, right? Selling without owning. Since you are able to short it, you are providing supply and that creates, uh, that kind of keeps the price in at a reasonable level, which means that prices don't fall that much because they have been correct seeing small corrections at every level. And that reduces the volatility because the volatility reduces uh, and the asset still goes up. You know, it attracts more and more money. When it attracts more and more money and a stable, uh, more funds come in. So then it starts to have, have that snowball effect of uh, capital infusion coming in, more people looking at Bitcoin as a stable or the rest of cryptos as a, uh, you know, stable good investment where they can invest money of their clients. So we often talk about importance of custody in our space, right? We often talk about importance of security in our space. Just like these things are critical and paramount to um, big money coming in and you know uh, being allocated crypt to cryptos as an asset class, equally important is a, is a solid derivatives market. When I say solid, I mean uh, liquid, uh, uh, you know, being able to absorb good quality supply, and without, in absence of that, it is very difficult to allocate large-size capital to, for any kind of fund uh, to cryptos. So essentially, derivatives will become a very important pillar of the ecosystem. And that is the reason there has been such a strong growth as well. You know, it is not just that it was a shorting opportunity. If it was a shorting opportunity, the, uh, you should have seen BitMEX and uh, Deribit and Delta Exchanges volumes fall off after... Uh, Bitcoin, you know, uh, created a bottom, but that no, didn't I, happen. Hey guys, I also wanted to tell you about Zen Ledger, the best tax software for cryptocurrency investors and accountants. It's fast and easy to use, and you can get all of your crypto transactions in one place, so you can trade smarter and optimize your taxes. Zen Ledger offers twenty four seven customer support by phone, email, or chat to help you get your taxes done stress free, and it comes with a hundred percent money back guarantee because they know you'll love it. ZenLedger is giving an exclusive 15% discount to our listeners when you use coupon code CHAIN15. Go to ZenLedger.io, linked in the show notes below, to get started and get your taxes done fast. Hey guys, I want to tell you again about Delta Exchange. It's the go-to exchange for trading altcoins with leverage, and here's why. It has the highest number of altcoin futures available for trading, with several exclusive altcoin trading contracts like Engine, Basic Attention Token, and Ravencoin. It also has the highest leverage in the industry up to 100 times, and also has the lowest trading fees. You can get 50% of your trading fees paid back to you. 
The platform is built by a team of Wall Street veterans, and Delta's trading platform is suitable for both novice and professional traders. View the link in the show notes below to get a $10 welcome bonus and visit the site to check out the exchange. That, that's, that's a really good point. I, I guess my question here, though, is on the market, right? So like, you know, every person with, you know, 100 or 1000 or $10,000 might not be interested in hedging per se, but... Yes. You know, also there's, you know, there's so many people that have that amount that the quantity of, of the volume could make up. But on the flip side, you guys said you're more focused on kind of these mega markets, you know, massive Bitcoin miners that want to hedge their exposure, things like that. What would you say is the focus for you guys? Is it on both or is it on one of the other? So um, our focus right now is uh, is the retail and the professional segment of traders. There, the de- There is demand for hedging but there is more demand for speculation. Now, a healthy derivatives market will have three kinds of participants. Hedgers, speculators, and arbitragers. Hedgers basically create the need. Speculators take the other side. And arbitragers make sure that there is price, you know, there is no price inconsistency, that there is true price discovery. Because wherever there is a small opportunity to make money, they will come in. And they are the ones who will make sure that the prices are in sync. And uh, these three, all these three are important for market volumes to grow. Uh, it cannot be that there's only one kind of participant. Now, and when you are talking about these participants, you're talking about the industry as a whole. So you're talking about participants on BitMEX, on Delta, on De- Deribit, on um, some other exchange. And some will have more of one kind of participant. Some will have more of other kind of participants. So our focus right now is more on the retail segment and the professional segment. Only the professional segment is looking to hedge uh, some kind of exposure there. Even both retail and professional are mainly speculating on these markets, either on the long side or on the short side. But that doesn't take away from the fact that on a system-wide level, on an industry-wide level, we have... Uh, people who are looking to hedge their exposure. One of the very good trades in cryptos currently is to earn a staking yield. So, for example, if you have Tezos and there's a good staking yield available on Tezos, then what you can do is use your fiat to buy Tezos and then short futures on an exchange like Delta Exchange uh, so that you can earn risk-free money. And which is at a much higher rate than you will learn by putting your fiat in a bank account where you'll learn probably two to five percent depending on the country. So uh, these kind of opportunities will start to come up. And uh, in, in these names, we do have a lot of hedging activity. But on the other names in Bitcoin, we do see a lot of hedging activity. Uh, but we have about 30 altcoins listed. And a lot of those altcoins, um, primary activity is basically speculation. Understood. Now, I, I like the breakdown of, of your different markets. The other question for you is, I guess, what are the major differences you see between, we already talked about how your derivatives exchange, but how do you feel about the competition in the space? Because I feel like there's, you know, at this point, I, I could count, I can't even count the number of decentralized exchanges that are launching. Um, some are taken off, some haven't. But then there's also the whole centralized exchange, you know, place, Binance, BitMEX, Coinbase, take your pick. How do you plan to compete with them over the long term? So I think a very important part of the offering is going to be uh, the product differentiation. And when I say product, I'm talking about the financial product. Uh, so we have we've been in business since August of 2018. 
And we have always focused on innovating and bringing products that are not available anywhere else. Uh, for example, we were the first exchange to offer futures on BNB. That was as early as 2018, when nobody was talking about futures on, uh, you know, BNB. And that was about uh, November, December of 2018. Then in 2019, we introduced stablecoin settlement. We were also the first exchange to bring stablecoin settlement to cryptos on a decent scale. And uh, then we were the first to launch Leo Futures. Now, Leo, uh, which was a coin by Bitfinex and became very popular back in June 2019, uh, we listed the coin within a week of uh, Bitfinex opening it up for spot trading. Uh, so we have built systems that give us flexibility to basically launch a coin within less than two hours uh, once a stable spot exchange is available. Um, and yeah, even today, we have about 30 altcoins listed with us, which is more than any other player globally. It's more than Binance. I think the closest that comes to us is FT Exchange. And um, uh, BitMEX, they haven't done any launch for, I, I believe, over a year now. Uh, Deribit only supports Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, they have a good options market, though. And yeah, that is how we are different. Uh, we are adding a bunch of new products, which are, again, not available anywhere else. Two days back, we launched Move Contract on Ethereum. Now, Move Contracts are available on FT Exchange, I believe, but only on Bitcoin. Uh, these are options products. This is a options, um, um, a call and a put, put together as a straddle and uh, sold as a contract. It looks to go, uh, capture the value of movement that happens over a given time frame. Uh, we are the first exchange globally to offer Move on Ethereum. So a lot of our, uh, you know, uh, differentiation comes from our different and unique product offering. And this is why customers come to Delta Exchange. This is why customers come to uh, us because what is available on our platform is pretty much not available on anywhere else. Uh, like I spoke about Tezos. We have had Tezos futures for over a year now. Uh, same with Atom. We, have, uh, we saw the staking trade very early and we opened futures contracts in these names. And we have seen customers coming in and looking to do this trade, the earn the staking yield. So, yeah, that is, uh, you know, that is what we plan to do as well. That keep, stay ahead of the game, launch uh, as many products as possible, not only futures, um, but also uh, different and other kind of derivatives that are not available in other exchanges. One of the products that we are coming up with in uh, the month of March is an interest rate swap. So it will be the first product that kind of, you know, marries DeFi and CeFi. So basically you could swap uh, your, the interest rate that you're going to earn uh, by lending on Compound on Delta Exchange. So your variable rate exposure uh, will turn into a fixed rate exposure if you come and trade a contract on Delta Exchange. So uh, this will be, again, a first-of-its-kind product. Uh, different, the perpetual swaps on all the exchanges that are out there have different kind of rates. And, you know, we are, again, looking to come up with a product where you could swap these interest rates with one another. Uh, we are also introducing options on altcoins. So, yeah, a bunch of, uh, you know, new products are uh, in the pipeline for us. And that is uh, how we have, uh, you know, we have scaled our business and that is how we plan to continue doing it. So it sounds like a lot of first mover advantages. It sounds like you guys 
are innovating a lot on the financial side when it comes down to the products you're offering. The other question for you, I, I guess, on that sense is that, you know, a lot of this comes down to kind of liquidity and volume. Like, are you concerned that if a major exchange just, you know, launches kind of most of the contracts you have, it could be um, like an issue, like if Binance came in or, or is there significant differences on why they wouldn't be able to do that? I'm just, cause I mean, you guys are clearly ahead of the other exchanges on launching these things, but I'm just wondering, you know, how strong the mode is. So I'm really glad that you asked this question because, uh, you know, first mover advantage is only an advantage if you can sustain it, really, right? Or you you basically go and build a big enough moat for yourself. And it's what we are going to see in the derivative space is that it's a much more complex product to build on the technology side, right? It's not so easy to build a derivatives exchange that can handle scale, let alone talking about handling multiple altcoins together. Everyone in the space has seen the challenges that BitMEX has faced with scale. And they are number one in the space, right? They are a very good platform as well. It's Despite that, they've had challenges scaling up. Uh, we have seen issues on other exchanges as well. So the problem with offering derivatives is that you have to do risk checks every in the real time. You have to, if you offer 100 altcoins, then you will have to do risk checks on 100 altcoins. Let's say a customer has 50 positions open on different uh, coins on Delta Exchange. Then we have to run a risk check for him or her on each and every position that is open and in the real time. Now, that is a much, much, much complex task than it actually sounds because it puts a lot of pressure on your systems. And this is a problem that nobody has solved for in the derivative space. I'm not, and I'm not talking about crypto derivatives. I'm talking about this is a problem that nobody has solved for, for even in the traditional finance space. So let's take example of CME. They have derivatives on multiple contracts, right? The way the margin is, they margin at the beginning of the day and end of the day. So at every day, they will check if I have 15% of the price uh, you know, as margin in my position. And if I have less, then I'll be required to put more. During the day, they won't allow price to move more than 10%. That is, then they'll have a circuit limit, which is basically that if the price moves above or below 10%, then they will halt the trading and give participants a chance to put more margin. So they, have, they don't have to do any kind of risk checks during the day. They do risk checks at before the trading starts, and for the next day after the trading ends, right? And this is where cryptos is different because in our markets, everything is real time. In our markets, we have to, uh, it's a real time, uh, you know, price movement. The market doesn't never sleeps. There is no closing. There is no opening. It's a 24 cross seven game. So you cannot be saying that I'll mar margin only at the, you know, you know, at certain points. Secondly, cryptos are highly volatile. The, the idea that we will put a price band on our uh, on how much you know the asset can move it won't hold here so it works in the traditional markets that's why the, that's how those markets are built but it won't work in the crypto space so even when traditional markets come or traditional players like cme nyse uh, national stock exchange of india which is now by number of contracts the largest derivative exchange globally 
uh, or uh, HKEX, when any of these guys come to cryptos, they are going to face a challenge. They are going to have a problem because they have not built for these, uh, you know, they have not built for these situations. And look at the CME futures on uh, Bitcoin. Their margin is 44%. That is because they are using span margining, which is the traditional way of margining for these contracts, where you took an you take an initial margin and then you use the volatility to calculate margin. Now, because Bitcoin price volatility currently is really high, the margin requirement is also really high. Plus, the market closes and opens at different times. Right? It's not a 24 cross 7 market. So... This is okay for one contract, but this is okay for you know small scale. But this is not going to fly uh, when they decide to come uh, on a full-fledged scale. Now, let's come to cryptos and the exchanges here, the Binances of the world and BitMEX and Derivates and others. So, again, Binance has built an exchange, a great exchange, but it's for spot trading. There is no risk check required in spot. Either you have the spot to exchange, either you have a coin to exchange, or you don't. So there is no kind of you know, position level risk check that you have to do with every price check. If the price changes, I don't need to go and see that the value of your uh, assets is changing or not. It doesn't change anything. So building a spot exchange is a much simpler problem than building a derivatives exchange. Uh, not only you have to worry about how is the liquidity on spot, how will the, you know, how will the impact be when you liquidate the positions? Is the spot that you're getting for marking your positions, is it updated or not? And, uh, you know, is your, are you able to do uh, risk checks on every asset? Plus, we are talking about assets which are highly volatile. We are talking about very high leverage. So we offer 100 times leverage on Bitcoin, 100 times on Ethereum, uh, 50 times on Ripple. We offer 100 times on BCH. So, you know, all these are very high leverage. I, I know that Binance also is doing a very high leverage on all of its coins, but they are also having challenges with their futures offering. Uh, the platform on the futures side doesn't work as smoothly as it works on the spot side. And when these players go out and build it for more number of coins, they will realize that the kind of strain it puts on your systems, it's, it's not that straightforward. Uh, we have solved for this problem. We were here early, so we realized that if we have to scale, we have to solve for this problem. We have to build technology that can support more than you know 50 altcoins, about 100 altcoins is what we target for. That we have to build systems that can, in real time, margin 100 coins for every customer who has a position open. And so, so Pakash, this, I mean, that, that's... The color's insane. It's really interesting to hear kind of both sides. I, I guess my question, though, for you uh, on basically what you're talking about on the centralized exchange and traditional Wall Street exchange, and it, it's, you know, you don't have to answer it if you can't, but how hard or how expensive would it be for a major exchange to match you guys? Because I'm just wondering, at the end of the day, it just seems easier to, to go an M&A route for some of these exchanges when they start to consolidate. So if you see the traditional exchanges, you will realize that there are very few exchanges that build their own technology. Most of the exchanges actually buy technology from other players. So um, I think CME has built their own technology. technology. I am sure uh, that uh, SGX bought tech from NASDAQ. 
uh, I think National Stock Exchange of India is building its own technology. Up until this time, they were using uh, somebody else's tech. And yeah, traditional exchanges on the tech side, they haven't solved all the problems for their own assets as of now. And most of the tech uh, is, there. like I said, there are very few players who have built for uh, solving the problems in that space, let alone the problems in the crypto space. Because like I said earlier, the template that has worked there will not fit the crypto assets because of the way they operate. This industry is born in it's a, it's a digital asset. It operates 24 cross 7. It never sleeps. It's uh, trading across the globe. And uh, custody of it is a different challenge. So, so I believe there is a lot of ground that traditional exchanges will have to cover. I think in that regard, a lot of crypto exchanges will have an advantage. Our particular advantage will come from the fact that uh, we believe it will be difficult for any player, current players that you know of, any one of those to match up to our tech. Uh, simply because we have put the time and energy uh, in solving this problem, which we have been solving for like two years now. And it's not like you cannot do it, but it's it takes time to build this. And when markets are running, it it's all the more difficult. So bear market was the time to put your head down and build tech. Now, when markets are bullish, it's going to be more and more... Uh, I'm sorry, it's going to be more and more busy and it's going to be more and more cumbersome to build and the tech. And honestly, we've been very lucky as well because our co-founder Saurabh, he is um, uh, he's our CTO and he is he has experience in building for scale. So he comes, he was head of engineering and, and director of engineering and head of machine learning at uh, Hotstar. Now Hotstar is uh, probably a little well-known, not so well-known name or a little known name outside of India. But it has about 400 million subscribers. Wow. It has more customers than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu put together. So that's the sheer scale of Hotstar. What is the company? Hotstar, it uh, you like it's a video streaming app, just like Netflix and Got it. Uh, Hotstar um, and Amazon Prime. Well, so you see videos on the. I mean, the ability to handle. I mean, I don't know if anybody spent time on it, but video content. And the delivery networks, you know, making sure there's no buffering, making sure the, the CDNs are all up to speed. That's a huge engineering challenge. That's a huge engineering challenge. And it's, if you see, they also have the same, okay, so Hotstar shows cricket matches, right? Uh, cricket is huge in India. Like, it's like a religion in India. Everybody is watching. And when there is a cricketing season, they have about 20 million concurrent users continuously streaming data. So that is like 2% of India's population. They have 2% of India's population continuously streaming data, looking for real-time data. Because if you have a delay and something in the map changes, the customer is going to fall off. So they have to solve for that kind of scale. People, companies like Netflix, companies like uh, you know uh, Amazon Prime, they haven't even thought of that scale, simply because uh, the market they are addressing does not have that problem. Uh, in India, we have our own you know, challenges which is about uh, value of customer being low and others. But you learn to build for scale when you work in these markets. You learn to build for tremendous scale. And I'm talking about 20 million concurrent users. That is That dwarfs the scale that crypto exchanges operate at currently. We don't operate at any scale in comparison to that. And like I said, we are really lucky to have Saurabh who had done this in the past, who has built systems to be able to handle that kind of scale, to be, you know, to put, 
engineering uh, for on architecture uh, that can support seamless experience for so many users uh, which in our space would be real time margining without any flaws without any you know uh, liquidations being missed no clawbacks nothing and to be able to do that and build a engine that is able to support that many altcoins i can i can safely say we can launch 100 altcoins today if there is enough liquidity on the spot we are our systems are good to launch 100 x you know derivative trading on 100 altcoins we don't have any challenge on that we will not have any issues on that we have already done testing for those uh, and this is something that i think will take time for others to build now that's huge and having a team like that is is massively important well naraj you know especially um i wanted to give a quick shout out to your head of marketing naraj for for setting this up as well and um your cto's experience just speaks volumes sure. just um i i just before we close out i wanted to get your thoughts um you know coronavirus is going all over the place and you know i'd like to get your take on you know how it's affecting your business if it is but the other thing i i heard about on another podcast i did recently with rocktree cap is just the idea that everybody is you know if you're at home and nothing to do a lot of people are on the internet browsing potentially getting involved in crypto so wanted to hear your thoughts there so to be honest that uh, looks like a bit of a stretch uh, i like it, it probably it's is stick <laughs> probably <laughs> Any, is. anything optimist it's good i like personally i like it so i mean it's a, what's happening with coronavirus it's a sad situation how does it impact markets so much it does it does impact global markets and we have seen price pressure in equities we have seen you know money moving to treasuries we have seen gold coming off the tops we are, we are seeing pressure on bitcoin so all the risky assets will recede but i'm not sure if i'll attribute all of this to the fact that uh, you know it's a coronavirus scare i think uh, it's a big epidemic in china but in the other parts of world it's still pretty contained Yeah so, that that's fair. I mean markets here to be honest are getting just decimated not decimated but just destroyed. slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah yeah. I, I I'm not really sure what's going on but these kind of things don't happen when there is nothing, you know. Fed doesn't come out and cut 50 basis points rates. All the yeah, assets I mean, it might be a, the tops together. It might be a so. bull though. I mean markets just get so stretched sometimes. Sometimes all it takes is, you know, one item or one excuse to kind of, you know, pull that last jenga piece. Yes, and we've had good uh, rally over the last uh, few years right we've seen good rally in equities you've seen good uh, i mean if you look at it uh, crypto has performed pretty well starting in 2019 uh, since then the return has pretty good gold has done really well so there's money people have made money and they would take money off the table they will lock some profits but it's just that the the impact that it has created it's uh, it's pretty scary in terms of uh, you know how how hard markets have taken a beating that's yeah, um, no, it's scary i i agree and it's i hope everyone's safe but it is it will take time to see the supply shocks and everything that flows through and ripples through from you know everybody being home and factories being shut down but because i be remiss not to point people in the right direction to learn more about delta exchange where can they learn more about the exchange follow you and and potentially get involved So um, our website is rather straightforward. It's delta dot exchange. So not difficult to uh, remember. Make it uh, easy. Yes, and uh, on the website, you know, all the details are there. 
Uh, all our Twitter handles are there, links to our Telegram community is there. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Balani Pankaj, which is my last name and first name on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we are always very available um, to any kind of discussions. We are always, with our customers, we'll want to have a, that's the beauty of working in cryptos, right? You run a company and you're interacting with your customers. And that's great. I, I find it very exciting. Yeah, um, no, this, I, I, uh, I agree. That That's huge. And, and all the links for all the listeners will be be in the show notes. You just scroll down and check it. But Bakanji, it was great to have you on, you know, not only to learn about India and, and the global scale, but to really learn the differences between a Dorota's exchange versus a normal exchange and everything you guys are working on. So I really appreciate um, your time today. Sure. Likewise. And uh, yeah, it's really good to talk to you as well and uh, look forward to more of the interaction. In Absolutely. Until next time, Pakash. Yeah. Until next time. Cheers, Tom. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon.